Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, Join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Before we get into the show, we want to let you know we're really excited to have a sponsor, Ben & Jerry's, one of the most delicious and conscious companies out there. Uh, Ben & Jerry's collaborated with Fish and the Water Wheel Foundation to create a limited flavor, It's Ice Cream, which is a caramel malt ice cream with almond toffee pieces, fudge fish, and a caramel swirl. The the fudge fish from fish food lives on in in an even more delicious uh, way here. This ice cream, you can't find it everywhere, but um, you can get it online. And you can also get a t-shirt that was designed by Jim Pollock, the cover art for It's Ice Cream, uh, designed by Jim Pollock as well. A portion of the proceeds of the ice cream and all the proceeds of the t-shirt shirts are donated to the water wheel foundation so if you go to store.benjerry.com use the promo code osiris you can get free shipping on all orders over 50 dollars for the rest of the year and you know if you know fish fans who you're buying gifts for at the holidays 
maybe it's ice cream and an it's ice cream t-shirt would be a good gift so go to store.benjerry.com and and we want to just say thanks to ben and jerry's for being part of the osiris family and and for supporting us so go to store.benjerry.com use the promo code osiris get yourself some ice cream and some t-shirts Hey everybody, it's Helping Friendly Podcast. This is episode 144. This is RJ. I'm here with Jonathan. Hello. Matt. <laughs> Matt's very sick. And do you guys do you guys have an update on uh, where Brad is this this time? He's fucking here. No, no that can't be right. Hey. Here hey, there he oh, is. Oh, hi Brad. Oh. oh god. From be- from behind the curtain. Here he wow. is. Looking What's as be- beautiful What's as up, ever. Everybody? Beautiful as ever. Brad, thanks only, for... Only the Plus members know me. Yeah, thanks for quarterbacking HF Pod Plus last week. Oh, it was fucking Like a time. boss. You're it was like, big time. You were like the Brady Quinn of HF Pod Plus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, is, that, is that a sports ball reference? I think so. <laughs> Should I know this one? No, like probably the, not. Uh, <laughs> um, Matt, Matt, you're sick. Everyone's sick after Thanksgiving. Everyone spent too much time with their families yeah, and I'm too fine. many kids. The, the moral I'm of the story is healthy. The moral of the story is don't spend time with your family around the holidays. Yes, yeah, it'll make gonna, you sick. You're gonna get sick. Just when you think you've sick. battled off the wook flu and every strain of everything that's gone around your child's daycare, in come the relatives from another state with a whole fresh set of germs for you. Wow, wow, that's close analysis, but that's probably actually what happened, huh? Yeah, basically. Wow. That's I think it's like the Midwest, all you weirdos, uh, like in the Midwest, Delmarva region. You know wait, what I mean? Wait, those There's are some... very different places. No, I mean, it's pretty, they're pretty, <laughs> very different me out places. here in the, in the desert. Because in I'm the sorry. desert, you're the one who's far flung. It's too dry to get a cold true. in the desert. It's too dry. Yeah. The heat, the yeah. heat is just so dry. Um, so we're going to go. Have no family around. So it's amazing. <laughs> we're going to go back in time this episode, um, back to the days when the four of us just talked about fish and that was awesome. Um, we're going to talk about a show from 1998. But before we do that, what's going on in, in the fish world this week or this past couple of weeks? Is anything happening? You, Matt, you and Jonathan are always on top of all the stuff. Jonathan, you, you have a thing? Uh, well, I mean, I, I I I finally was able to purchase slips to Chintipa Pass on vinyl, nice. and then promptly hand it to my wife so she can wrap it up and put it under the Christmas tree. So I will uh, <laughs> in, in another four weeks. I'll get to listen to it on. <laughs> oh man! So you really didn't open it? I no, I didn't. It's a it's a legitimate system that we have wherein I buy Christmas presents that I will like. So I I did that with um, a Jerry doll for my office. You know, doll, I guess is kind of a stupid, but it was a $6 hey, add-on I, in I'm Amazon. You. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck yeah, $6. It's usually 12 and I've been looking at it forever. <laughs> and I'm like, I threw it on there and now it's in the guest room with the kids' presents and she's just going to wrap it up for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I like I like that you've been following the price of the Jerry doll just to see the fluctuations. Who the, I mean, come on. Of course. It dropped 2% this last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Matt, did you get the slip stitching pass? I did. I did. Uh, I've actually had mine since Curveball. Uh, I was just wait. Kinda, what the fuck? Kind of, kind of similar to Jonathan's deal. I, I said no. I'm going to put it away, and I'm not going to listen to it until the rest of the world does. But no, I, uh, I, I went out to my local uh, store on uh, 
uh, Friday. Shout out to Crooked Beat Records here in Alexandria, yeah, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, picked up Slip Stitch and Pass, and uh, it's it's good. Um, if you're, I think the most important part is sound quality. It sounds great. Um, not like a huge improvement over the CD because it is a digital recording um, and and just an okay one at that. Um, but I do think I, I compared it to the digital release. I think it sounds better. I think the Chris, Chris Bellman at Bernie Grumman uh, Mastering did a fantastic job again. Um, I was I was hanging out with my friend Macon uh, on Friday, and he he mentioned that he loves Slip Stitch and Pass and always listened to it, and that it's like it's not on Spotify or any of the others anymore, but it used to be. And I thought that was sort of weird. And um, I don't know if that had anything to do with this or if it's been off for a while. But do you guys know? I, I suspect it'll come back uh, a remastered digital version, just as uh, a lot of these. When the reissue is done, they so they rotate out and then okay. But it is still available on Livefish, of course. If you subscribe to that, well, everyone should subscribe to Livefish. Livefish dot com. It was a wonderful release when it came out. I loved it. Loved it. It was like the new Alive one. Uh, It was smooth and the transitions and all that stuff. So. I'm well, excited. that's and that that was the best part of the whole thing. I mean, sitting and listening to it the other day, I, I have not listened to Slip Stitch and Pass in maybe ten years, um, and it's really good. Uh, you know, the the show in general is great. They they picked a really good selection of music on it. You almost forget. I was the same way. Like when it came out, as with the show that we're going to talk about on the episode here uh, today, um, one of those things that I just like had in my disc man and would listen to on repeat for days at a time. Um, you know, and and <laughs> disc man and another <laughs> another show with a killer Weekapog. Uh, that we'll get into talking. So, <laughs> two things. Two things. First of all, you forgot that I'm seeing Trey in Mesa, Arizona. Oh my which, gosh! Yeah, the M stands for Mormon, um, and it is <laughs> I don't know half hour from the house, maybe. Wait, doesn't and, it um, actually just stand for Mesa? It stands for table. But um, there <laughs> is <laughs> there is uh, a Trey show at the Mesa Arts, which is actually great. I've been there before, the Arts Center, and. Um, it's just him and his acoustic, so story time should be that's awesome. wonderful. That's the third, right, Jonathan? Yeah, you corrected right. me before. It's a, yeah, it's a whole little western swing for Trey. Opening, which I keep opening forgetting night. about. Uh, yeah. honestly, except that Instagram ads keep popping up yeah. to try to sell the tickets. I guess. I think it's a sm- it, it's it's not a super small place. Uh, it, you know, it's a pretty good size, like double decker theater. Uh, with with comfy seats, um, so everybody was sitting. But you know, um, I don't know if it's sold out, but I know that we're like t- ticket alerts or whatever. So that's exciting. And then, um, yeah, I guess that's That'll all the news fun. I have. Yeah, it should and be there's fun. And there are more Mike Gordon shows in March, including one in um, our nation's capital, Washington D.C., um, where we'll be seeing Mike play at the nine thirty club, right, guys? Yeah. Wait, I, I thought it was Rich, Richmond, Virginia. No, not Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's our that's that's the Commonwealth's capital. Jonathan's correct. Jonathan's Commonwealth. Um so that's cool. The Commonwealth of Jonathan. The Commonwealth of Jonathan. There's a there's a lot of um concerts coming up, which is cool. So do you guys want to um talk about a fish show or should we just keep talking about the things that come to our minds um for the next however many minutes until we fall asleep? I, I think I we know. should uh not talk about the music for a while i think we should put that off as long as is reasonable and i like to watch rg get agitated <laughs> hey i'm not I'm, I'm here for the listeners brad i'm just here for the listeners so all right guys we're going back in time we've spent 
it feels like we've spent um, the last what five months or so talking about 2018, which makes sense. But now we're going back and we're going back to, to 1998, a show that I think tomorrow will be the 20 year anniversary from the recording. I think when you hear this, it'll be the 20th anniversary on one day. Um, but regardless, we're going back <laughs> 20 years to the fall 98. So I don't know how much you guys have listened to Fall 98, but it's interesting because this tour, there's only two official releases. Um, there's Halloween and then this show that we're going to talk about. Um, and the Fall Tour started on the West Coast. They did the loaded cover in Vegas. They went through the Midwest and the South. And I think the Midwest shows were sort of the best shows of that of that tour, which we can talk about. But then they played a Hampton and then the Northeast and ended this three-night run in Worcester. And we're talking about the first night. Um, eleven twenty seven ninety eight. So when we started talking about this on the internet, um, the, the four of us, we 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 immediately started disagreeing about the show, which is great. But this is only this is only two like one of two shows released from ninety eight. Like I said, but it's also Live Fish number six, right? When they were actually doing Live Fish releases, it's actually. I mean, they they officially released the Halloween show as well as the Hampton and this one. So that's at least yeah. three. Okay, whatever. If not, if not more, if you count the individual Hampton shows. To fall, just, I'm just going to keep going back to my notes because my notes are right. <laughs> okay, Hampton Comes Alive came out in 99, but it doesn't matter. The point is there's not a lot of 98 shows out there. This is one of them. This is like a, this is, this show is interesting. Why is this show a live fish release and not Van Andel or one of the Chicago shows or another show from Fall 98? Matt, that's what I want to know. Or the 25th. I think, uh, you know, the Live Fish CD series in particular, because they basically had, you know, their entire catalog of shows up to that point to to work from and could, you know, put out whatever they want. I think they were going back to things that felt good to them, uh, you know, shows that were where they felt like things were working. And as we've discussed in the past, what they feel is working and what we feel is working is not always the same. Um I, now I'm just putting that out there because I know that you have a less than stellar opinion about this show. I happen to think this is an incredible <laughs> show. Um, you know, maybe the best show, one of the best shows of Fall '98 um, ever. And this was, as I mentioned, we were, we were talking about Slip Stitch and Pass when these CDs came out. Um, this was one of the first ones that I got and just listened to it like crazy uh, to the point where I, I, when I listened to it uh, in preparation for us to talk about it here, I don't think I had listened to it in you know, maybe close to 15 years because I just played it so much back then. And every note of it is still just ingrained in my memory. Um, things were coming back to me, you know, that I, I had almost forgotten about. Um, so I, I think it's a killer show. I, and what I get from is that I, I see the band having fun and feeling connected and um, being in that mode where they can just sort of pivot on a dime and, and do whatever they want, as we see a lot of in the second set. But what I want to know is why you don't love it. He, he thinks nobody your cares. Is less nobody than cares. But like <laughs> um, first of all, I just I, I don't. Jonathan's not going to get out of this because he said something about this show too. So it's not just me. But Brad, Brad, you go ahead. I think that I think the first set, and I, th I think it's timely for this reason. The first set is incredible. I think the first set is um, up there. It's top notch. 
And that lends to 2018 because we've heard so many great first sets in 2018, or at least jams in 2018. And then set two's kind of kitschy. It's kind of kitschy. It's it's got that MPP vibe with the tweezer sandwich and the chalk dust torture into something out of something. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Bill in the middle of the second set. And I'm not I'm not downplaying any of that. I think it's wonderful. I love to listen to it, but I don't think it's a um. It's not a go back to as far as amazing jams. The second set, it's a go back to because it's fun, right? Did you say uh, it's kitschy or catchy? No, kitschy. It's not okay, kitschy with a K. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a K I, right? Isn't that how you spell? It? I think it so, is. So, um, <clears throat> to, to me, it's it's the second set, and and look, it's this is it. It's something to prove Jonathan wrong with the buried alive in the second set. <laughs> Right to start the second set. Isn't that isn't your whole thing? This is this what's on your gravestone. Buried alive shows are amazing. Buried alive like, show <laughs> openers. Right, right. except for Vegas oh. 04. Wait, you you never said that before. You just that's true. I, I think we could probably go to some recorded evidence if you really wanted to. <laughs> no, it's, nobody cares. Just it's like weird that it's, it's weird that Jonathan's just like RJ, huh? I think it's just weird that Jonathan's headstone is already created, <laughs> and Brad's seen it. Really I, well, I got a, I got a deal on it. I've got it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got this thing in the mail on Amazon. It was, it was an, an Amazon ad. It was an add-on. <laughs> so, all right. Here's the deal to me. Like Fall '98, the ambient like jams are what Fall '98 is all about. This this show, there's just there's not a lot of like great jams. There's a few, and we're gonna listen to them and talk about them and appreciate them. But I just like I've never really gotten this show. Maybe because of what. Brad was describing like the like the hijinks are always fun, but like I don't go back to the Tweezer Fest 2014 that often. I was there; it was great. We had an awesome time, <clears throat> but it's not like something that I would go back and listen to on a weekly basis. I'm in for like the Van Andel Haley's, you know, the 25 minute exploratory nonsense, you know, like this. So I think that's why I don't love this show or go back to it very often. But I think we're I think we've unearthed some gems to to remind people if anyone has if anyone agrees with me then they won't after this episode (laughs) i think so the other thing that i failed to mention is is to me a little bit of 97 comes out a lot in this show where there's a lot of downbeat there's a lot of whether it's trey like muting the strings and, and kind of joining mike or fish's downbeat um and to me that kind of is is the funk of 97 and I, uh, maybe it's just, it, it's nothing and I, and I'm, I'm off base, but, um, it's, it, it, it goes to your ambient jams point, RJ. It's not there mm-hmm. in this, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a couple moments, but yeah, not, not a ton. Um, I don't know, Matt, what, what do you, do you have anything to, to say about that particular point? Cause I'm curious what you think about that. The I, 97 versus 98 particularly. Yeah. And I, I definitely like 97 more than 98. Um, I feel like in both years, they kind of had a go-to style of jamping um, as they would in other years like 99, but 97, the funk was a little bit more interesting, a little bit more conducive to going cool places. The A lot of the 98 stuff starts to sound very similar to me, but you've got a couple of great examples of that if that's what you're looking for in this show um, that we'll, we'll cover. Um, I like shows like the Tweezer Fest, the MPP Tweezer Fest that you were just talking about. I, I, I've mentioned this on the show before. Like, I really like callbacks and kind of continuity to a set that tells me that they're thinking about creating a start to finish piece instead of just hacking away in mm-hmm, some jams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think this is a great example of that. Uh, they really, the way that they integrate Wipeout throughout the second set. Yeah, it's kind of, it, it's a it's a jokey kind of moment, but they get in and out of it really, really fluidly, which they don't always do. Sometimes when they're doing something like that, they laugh a little bit too much or they get, they catch themselves off guard and they, they don't execute well. Here they do it really, really well. Um, let, me, let me ask you for comparison. To me, this show is kind of like a sibling to the Moby Dick show from Deer Creek mm. in 2000. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that show? Yeah, I don't go back to it a lot. Wow. Yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe it's funny because just- they're, they're both fishmen centric right I mean, obviously wipe out and moby dick yeah well people who are listening should tell us if am, am i in the minority or well you don't have to be in either that's what jonathan's gonna say all fish is great and all it's always fun to listen to fish <laughs> except going to fish sucks. shows is great except when it's just horrible <laughs> like apparently this show is listening to you guys i mean even matt who's the big proponent's like yeah you know i like 97 better so what are we doing here again <laughs> yeah that's a breaking take let's play a jam you guys I think we should like play a jam 98 better honestly you do a breaking take oh yeah God. typically i do uh 97's got some cool stuff 98's got some really cool stuff this isn't what i go to for it though kind of like what rj is saying um and uh i do like some of the things that happen in this show and it is fun and it's definitely you know rocking and it is a fishman show and i think that's killer uh it's got a proper mike's groove i I feel like i probably wore this show out like matt did when you know when it first came out and so i did not um i have not been back to it in a long time so listening to it for this um, it's fun at first i was like why are we doing this and that's exactly what i wrote to you guys earlier <laughs> yeah um that rj was alluding to like why are we doing this show and i hear why we're doing this show i got to that part um but yeah let's play some music type music let's do it yeah i mean it, be. we can check out some of the end of that yamar uh which got extended a little bit and probably has some of what you guys were looking for uh in the 98 cent what is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Thank you. 
So that was the Mar from 1127, 98. And, you know, we were talking about Jonathan bitching before, just like always. (laughs) But um, an 11 minute Yamar, you can't ever, I mean, I don't care when you get it or where you get it. Like this, this is what I'm looking for in life. Um, It didn't like go type two, it didn't explore, but um, I'm sure you guys agree that it was fun. Um, And the third, what is third? Yeah, third or yeah, no, second song in the set. <laughs> yeah, all this talking, we're two songs in. Well, yeah, Brad, I know you love Yamar, and this is a really, mm-hmm. really good version. The but this, they're really maybe one of the reasons. Going back to our earlier discussion, this I think this song helps highlight how they were feeling that night. You know, they're the band is just super tight, and the jam is just it's really nice, but it doesn't. It just feels very focused, and um, Trey and. Trey and Paige are just, they're like back and forth. It's just really amazing. Um, this just it really the, the, highlights the 98 sound. Trey Page's, Trey, Trey's call to Paige was amazing, right? He was like super excited about it. And then when it got to Trey's uh, part or jam or solo, it seemed like he stayed in the middle of the neck a lot. And, it, it, and I think you said, RJ, in your notes that it was warm. I really liked as he was, you know, he was just yeah. kind of there the whole time. So... Matt, Matt, what do you th- what do you think about this? I, I dig it. I mean, we've heard other Yamars like this, uh, it, where they extend it a little bit. It, it usually sounds something like this, but it's fun. It's light, especially early in the show. You can kind of put yourself in the vibe, in the indoor vibe in the fall of everybody kind of um, settling into the bouncy rhythm. Uh, probably this would have been a Black Friday show, shaking off the uh, the turkey and the, the remaining trip to fan. Uh, getting into a trip of a different type, perhaps, uh, in, in this thing. Um, I will say, uh, one of the things that I noticed about this show overall is the tempos are way up. Um, definitely a jovial mood going on. And we'll, I'll touch back on that a couple times as, as we talk about some of those jams, but this is definitely one where it's a, it's a very speedy Yamar. Jonathan, what'd you think? Um, I liked it. It was cool. I was, uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I like the runaway gym. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. I think your live tweets or texts, Jonathan, you were still ambivalent as the Reba started. So we could start start talking about the Reba, or at least maybe just go listen to it. Well, it was uh, actually I'll it, I'll correct you only in that uh, it was during Runaway Gym that I first started writing to you, and then I got to the kind of the mm. good bit in Runaway Gym. And uh, which doesn't really extend. It's not, you know, yeah. uh, a significant no such thing, version actually. of that song. But uh, that's not true. Uh, but it, <laughs> it is a, it is, it's, it's nice. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm feeling it now on this show, and uh, feeling there's something. And then, uh, and then, yeah, uh, then I like the Reba. So we're gonna play the Reba. Yes, we are. Listen to Reba. Thank you. 
so that's a uh, little song about a witch. Um, and uh, it's not not the Stevie Nicks type. Um, this is a, a little, little bit more of a uh, of the uh, oh man uh, bubble bubble uh, uh, toil and trouble whatever it is uh, type. Um, is that what that is? So I uh, that's a, it's a really good Reba, uh, sixteen minute Reba. I, I noted a second ago when we were talking about Yamar the tempos, which I think holds true in pretty much everything in this show, especially the stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. The Reba is surprisingly laid back, given that fact um fishman never really escalates things uh dynamically on the drums he really stays back on the ride cymbal um that kind of never pushes trey to really go forward so i think um they the reba is one of those songs where they're you know they're trying to get from point a to point b and they take their time getting there um and it's a very very sort of slow kind of linear path that they take to get there there's there's no you know, dips and, and turns and stuff like that, like you hear in a lot of Reba, um, which makes it unique. And I, I, I really like that. I forgot about how great this Reba is. Um, RJ, I see you nodding your head in a lot. What do you think? Oh, sorry. I was, I was, I was watching TV. Um, no, I, I think, <laughs> the, um, I think this is like the, yeah, the linear slow, I guess to me, that's like that ambient sound, especially from Trey, not, not necessarily spacey, but like the actual musical, part was just yeah not like pretty slow and and measured but also just like really really nice um the the sound like trey's tone during this show this tour in general but this show is just great i just really like this reba not like a soaring you know reba jam like what 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 you would put into your ideal reba but it's it's interesting and um like you said pretty long and um it was a it was a fun ride Jonathan, did you did you think that after coming after making your way through it begrudgingly? Yeah, really, um, I'm I'm gonna get technical on you guys here. So I really dug the shit out of it. I mean, <laughs> I, I I actually stopped all other things and listened to the jam, and and that's my ultimate and very technical takeaway. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you guys do you guys think that um, any like so okay reba i think people would mostly say like early 90s are are the best sort of years for rebas right 93 94 95 jonathan would probably say 95 but do you think they like do you guys have any thoughts on that because it's a song that i love and i think there's just different things for each year but like 97 rebas there's a couple really good ones but it wasn't like they weren't spending a ton of time on this song um in those later years, because they were just busy jamming other shit. So I, I think of it much more as like an early '90s song for really great versions. But I don't know. You can't. Maybe I'm the only you can't one. sell. You can't sell it short. This is the fourth or fifth or sixth song in this first set, um, and it seems to be a pretty commonplace. And it's still 16 minutes long, and it's got wonderful content. Um, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. So we can't sell it short. Content, but. <laughs> I just me. don't think they played. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They just didn't jam it as much. Like it was just sort of something they ran through for a lot of, a lot of. Uh, One of the things that, that that doesn't make it a top tier Reba for me was that there's a little. I don't, I don't have the minute mark, but maybe around the ten minute mark, um, there was kind of this repetitive, um, again maybe downbeat or whatever you, you call it, where Mike and Trey and e- Fish and Mike and maybe even Trey were kind of like 
hitting a, a hitting a, a fourth or maybe I, I'm just making shit up, but it, it was really repetitive, right? For, Wait. for a good 30 seconds or something. Do you guys re- recall that you, portion you of the think jam? That lowers its status. It, it just, it wasn't, saying? it's just not as interesting. You know I, I, mean? I really like that shit. I was no, like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. No, it's cool. That's, it's different. It's that stuck elevated out. it for me. It's yeah. It's stuck out for sure. But I don't, I don't think it takes it to like a, well, I'm not uh, saying the it's next level Reba. tier one, but uh, whatever that is, you know, tier, I'm not a, a, a ranker. Yeah, we don't but, tier uh, shit around here. We don't but, tier uh, shit. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I, um, I liked it. I, I like that that little part that we were just talking about, but um, I prefer the sort of um, very dynamic, huge build soaring Rebas that they probably perfected. I think, RJ, you're right, by 95 or so. And it's yeah. never, I don't want to say they don't try, but like Reba and David Bowie, for some reason, I just feel like maybe even the band acknowledges like they kind of had their best days back then and there's still great songs and they can play the shit out of them. But, um, you're never going to reach those heights. Like I've, I've come to term. Reba is one of my favorite songs. It's one of the songs that I latched onto when I was first getting into the band. And I've sort of acknowledged that like, I'm never going to hear something like they, you know, some of my favorite versions from back then. I don't know if that's because like the playing bigger rooms thing, you know, affected that because it loses that they lose their ability to go really, really, really quiet and have the effect of building it up so big um but it is cool that they adapted it over the years and so here you you know you see some of the 98 kind of um laid back groove ambience uh creeping in it's not i'm not going to say it's one of my favorite rebus but it's really good especially for the era if i could give you a little bit of hope matt um one no, i have said the same thing about split open and melt uh different kind of sound but yeah. a song that didn't seem like it was going to do great great things again and hadn't for a while and very recently is come back strong so it is yeah. although it's very different than, oh, than those sure. other versions so i think same kind of thing if you really really dug the way that they played it back then it's just it's it's not going to happen which is okay that's progress yeah it's yeah development. That, yeah that band's that band's gone yeah i think bowie um bowie is this song like that the most for me because i loved hearing bowie's and it's just like yeah they just run through it and it's cool like peaky and you know that's the nice like the ending is great but yeah, it's had its had its time. Um, speaking, <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the the next set, the little segment of music, I just wanted to share something. Brad and I we had a very unique um, college experience because we were roommates and we used to listen to fish music and then we would eat Ben and Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I'm so happy to have Ben and Jerry's as a as a partner for a bunch of Osiris podcasts, because it reminds me of back in the day of like listening to fish and getting into music and just for some reason with no other um, connection, it just, you know, ice cream and fish go together. Um, but Brad, but, it, but fair, fair to say for you, ice cream and fucking everything goes together. That's true. Right. That's very true. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I really like it, but we're, so that's why we're really happy to have Ben and Jerry's as a sponsor. And, um, people already know they can get, uh, free shipping, any order over $50 using the Osiris code store.benjerry.com. And I'm not going to make any hippie references to, you know, ice cream goes well with, you know, drugs and whatever. It's just <laughs> simply good with music. And um, you can also get an It's Ice Tea, which has um, a T-shirt, which has a Jim Pollock design on it. Um, so anyway, check out Ben and Jerry's. So Matt, Love it. <clears throat> Matt, I have a question. I may have an answer. Um, I've heard that 
getting contact lenses is a pain in the ass. And I think that's why Jonathan has never gotten them because he's he's been wearing glasses because he doesn't want to go through the hassle. It's a hassle, right? It's a hassle. The whole thing from start to finish. I mean, the the prescription process, uh, trying to stay on top of it, it's got to stay current. Once it's a year old, you can't just order up more like I want to in this day and age. So I've done like the stupidest things like waiting for like the 364th day that I've had a prescription and then going on to a website and ordering another year's supply so I don't have to go to a doctor. Because who wants to go to a doctor right now, right? I mean, like I, yeah. I, I, I hate dealing with doctors. I'm sick right now. I probably have to go see a doctor soon. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no one wants to go to the doctor. So we have a sponsor called Simple Contacts. Um, if you if you go to simplecontacts.com um, slash HFpod. So what they do, and we talked about this last episode too, you can, you take an, like an online vision test, which apparently takes five minutes, and then an actual doctor reviews it, renews your prescription. Um, you get You get whatever kind of contacts you want and you get, you know, you get not, you don't have to deal with all the bullshit Matt's talking about. So I think you get $20 off if you use the HF pod um, link, which we'll also put in the show notes. So if you guys are listening and you're sitting, you know, in your doctor's office, just wishing that you didn't have to be there because you're waiting for your stupid prescription, then just go to Simple right, Contacts. Just if go you're to tired Simple of the contacts. man keeping you down, just fucking go to the Simple Contacts. I mean, I don't know if it's an ophthalmologist or an ophthalmologist or an optometrist, um, but one of those guys, one of those guys is ruining your shit. No, I mean it's it's <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? I, I told you last time I fired up the app. You do a vision yeah. test on your phone. You put your phone across the room just like you would with the eye chart in the doctor's office. You read off the eye chart. It takes a video of you reading the eye chart, uh, and then it sends it to a doctor so they can actually check it. So. Um, it's it's really cool. I've done some other things like this too, where you do like a, a mobile app doctor for you know get a quick prescription refilled or something like that. And this is definitely the way of the future. And I think Simple Contact is uh, on the bleeding edge of uh, making your eyes look good and helping you see things without having to go see some crusty old doctor. Yeah, that's <laughs> the leading edge, not the bleeding edge. The bleeding right? Did you edge. say? Ble- oh, I thought you said bleeding. Yeah, that that's inappropriate. <laughs> well, and Jonathan, maybe, you know, you have those glasses, you had them forever. Maybe it's time to spruce it up a little bit, you know? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> we want to see you. We want to see your face. We want to see you. I want to see have, you. I have lovely frames. But you know what? My wife is actually uh, going to order her next contacts from Simple Contacts. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Let's get back into the fish. So, in in the second set, this is what everyone has been waiting for, and we appreciate everyone um, listening to the Reba and the Yamar and talking about some other stuff with us, but this is where things get interesting and where, where Matt, um, first, first discovered the beauty of, of the hijinks of fish, or, or at least this was one that you went back to Matt often this, and we'll, we'll start with this little segment, but what do you want to say first, Matt, about this second set? I assume is the second set that kind of hooked you on, on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, listening as an, as an early fan, uh, just the the combination of um, really really smooth um, uh, progress throughout the set. Um, you know, it's it kind of is one continuous start to end piece of music that never really ends. Um, the going in and out of Wipeout, which a shows the definitely the humor of the band, but also um, the uh, the 
flawlessness with which they were able to just kind of pivot in and out of this within different songs. Um, the drop in the mirror in the bathroom and then back into chalk dust torture that we're, we're about to listen to is another great example of that. Um, it's, I think if you like fish humor, this is probably a really good set for you because you've got the wipeout stuff. You've got sanity, you've got Buffalo bill. Um, you've got, you know, uh, Lots of call and response kind of things going back and forth between Trey and Fishman around the wipeouts. Um, and then you cap it all off with a really, really, really killer jam. Uh, the Week Apart Groove is maybe one of the best Week Apart Grooves ever, if not the. Um, and those are big words, but I mean, listen to it. It's killer, and I, I can't think of another version like it. I think it I think it um tells us that although they're seasoned at this point, they're, they're still very uh technical right the dexterity that trey has and they all show and i like the word pivot matt that they they can they can go from song to song and it's it's seamless in the second set a little bit for everyone i think in the second set no doubt about it well i think um one thing just matt wait when you were talking i was thinking this set reminds me of two specific 95 shows the the 10 or sorry 11 14 um you know with the stash manteca stash and then the, the 12 14 which was live fish one obviously with the there, there wasn't a lot of like teases in there but just how the the you know you know that whole thing the haley's nicu slave like going in and out of those things so like seamlessly and maybe because they were spending so much time in 97 particularly just jamming they didn't do a lot of this kind of stuff between between 95 and and 98 so maybe like maybe that's why they remember it as fun because it does like it's a little bit of a throwback for for the band too like i was saying before um it's about like how they feel on stage right which, yeah. which may not be the same as what we feel and if they're obviously having fun because they're making jokes and things like that and doing the wipeout thing which i'm sure is super fun for them um and that's what's going to stand out. I mean, the night that they play, it, Baker's Dozen was a great example. Everybody goes to the jam night, and Mike basically said, like, that wasn't his favorite night. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody loves the Lawn Boy Jam and stuff, but, like, maybe just, you know, mood-wise or the playing or whatever, it's just it came out well, but, you know, you don't love it in the moment, and another show may just feel Mike was so over you. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I will say, we... you know, I, I'm going to take this moment before we get into some, some rock and roll music to, to say that I do recall uh, at the time friends coming back from these shows and they were they were blown away. They were wowed by the, just the, the whole sequence of this set. And man, they played Wipeout and they kept going in and out of Wipeout and it was, it was crazy and, and you know, uh, generated a lot of excitement uh, in the scene at the time. Yeah. So they liked it. I think uh, a lot of people who were there liked it. And um, and Matt still likes it, so <laughs> I do. And, it, and I did just do a quick spot check. Uh, if you include the entire sequence, wipe out the um, the what Fishnet calls the Week of Pogra prize jam at the end and everything, um, that is the longest Week of Pog uh, ever played. Wow! All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna listen to that, but first we're gonna listen to a little bit of the beginning of the set. Um, should we get into that now? Yeah. Yes. Do it.
Holy crap. You know, I, I love an extended chalk dust, guys. Have I ever told you that? Have I ever told you that? <laughs> yes. Long skinny one? No, I haven't actually told you that. Um, no, mm-hmm. you haven't. That, that's RJ's position. It is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is, um, that's some crazy ass shit that we just heard there. Um, mirror in the bathroom, really? I mean, really? It's a little, um, excuse the expression, on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> uh, uh, can, good. Can, can I tell you good. something? I I had never heard that song before I listened to this set for the first time. You aren't the only one, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. And I mean that I haven't heard that song, but <laughs> the there's something going on here because they come out and they're just man, they're just going nuts. Like they start shock dust and almost immediately they start playing wipeout, and there's just man. And and I think Mike starts teasing Mirror in the Bathroom, right? In the right. chalk dust early on. So it's just, it is like, Brad, I think before we started talking, like it's chaotic. The whole thing is like, it's just wild. I mean, not in a bad way. It's just, it's hard to like track what's going on. And I think that's probably an indication they were having a pretty good time. Only time they've ever played it, Mirror in the Bathroom. And Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it's 98, November. Um, and it's, um, we talked about it, that the, the buried alive is, is very unfocused, <laughs> right? And then <laughs> right. they can't, they can't get through the chalk dust, uh, without going back to everything. Right. Yeah. And then into, right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's great though. It's a lot of fun. So wipeout, uh, worth noting was of course sound checked and we have actually a substantial sound check from this show um and otherwise it was the like a 722 show gap going back to 1991 which is uh that's crazy a little bit right but you know i I don't know they got they got the earworm on the bus or something or somebody fiddled with it and they had to play it in sound check and then it just they couldn't stop they couldn't stop. I think stop. They were, yeah. Can't that, stop, won't stop. That's a really good sound check. Uh, I'm sure when uh, huge when, sound when check. Lawn Memo gets to uh, doing that on his daily sound check podcast, that'll be an interesting one. <laughs> that kind of sets the stage for the, for the whole run. There's like uh, they they jam on Wipeout. They uh, Trey teases Layla, which they'll play uh, I think the next night with uh, Seth Yacavoni. Um, two nights later. Two nights later. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Come a, on, man. It's all right. It's fine. Making it's, up. It's a good one. Again. It's a good one. But Jeez. here's, I mean, here's a great example of what I was talking about. So they, you know, they play Buried in Live and then they play Wipeout, which was probably somewhat planned. Um, you know, when, mm-hmm. when they were coming out for the set, but then they get into Chalk Dust. Trey starts teasing uh, Wipeout during the first breakdown, and Mike immediately starts playing in harmony with them. It's like that level of show where, like, mm-hmm. not even enough for just Trey to tease it, but like for Mike to instantly jump on it and start. Uh, you know, playing it, playing harmony lines with him before um, the lyrics, even right. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really fantastic. And then mm-hmm. the, the into mirror in the bathroom, and then out of mirror in the bathroom into chalk dust torture, just silky smooth. Um, what does that even mean? Like, have they been in a mirror in the bath? Or like, was there not a mirror in the bath? I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what the <laughs> song, song title means. Well, I mean, you know if I mean? you if it's about popping zits, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a teenager. It's all about. <laughs> It's all about restaurants with glass tables uh, where uh-huh. you can watch Five yourself star, yeah. eat. Five star. If that's what you're into. Yeah. Right, right, right. Push on till the day. Glass table in a five-star room. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So then, and then into as you mentioned, Matt. There's there's a couple different segments of the chalk dust, and like the second one there was like the sort of the chalk dust jam, and then dog log, and then back into chalk dust. Pretty wild. Um, and a weird el- weird dog log too. It's like a blues version of dog log. Yep. Yeah, that's one from the album, the uh, the as yet <laughs> yeah. unreleased yeah. album. <laughs> I think it's we, coming we have to, next Halloween. We, we got to talk about all of the not well. So. First of all, I failed to mention uh, the old this old home old home place. Sorry, uh, from the first set was really late in the first set, right? But uh, Dog Log and Buffalo Bill, and um, I guess that's about it. Sanity. Uh, mirror in the bathroom. Yeah, San- oh sanity. Right. Th- these are all like is, is they're they're um oddly placed i guess yeah they're me. goofing off yeah. they're just yeah, goofing yeah. off the whole show yeah. being fucking goofballs the whole show <laughs> fucking goofing off but but matt things i think are about to get serious with this last thing we're about to listen to right yeah we should dive into uh we've already oh, we've already talked about it a couple times but this is this is the week of pog it's about to go down matt's favorite week of pog <laughs>
So tell me that wasn't awesome. That wasn't awesome. I didn't mean no, no, no. literally. I'm just following instructions. I don't really believe that. <laughs> yeah. Try it with a straight face, man. Uh, the thing about a smiling? The, the thing about a weekapog jam is like it can you can only really jam if it's like super fast paced. It's got to stay fast paced. It's got to stay upbeat. It's got to like stay driving the whole time, right? And this is like the perfect perfect mix of whatever was going on and high energy and just they were also just playing really well there were no there were there were no flubs or you know they just they were just rocking matt what what was it about this that that you think is particularly special uh just it, incendiary playing from all of them uh the, te- mm. the tempo is so fast there's a point at which um in the first wait is that good or bad that's really good that's really good <laughs> cool. uh there's a point in the, the towards the beginning of the first jam in Wigapog where uh, Paige plays like the fastest line I've ever heard him play on the on the clav. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, if you look, you know, back getting back to the wipeout thing, I love how when they go into wipeout, when Fish does his solos, he does them with the Wigapog. Uh, groove, right? With the cow, the the wood blocks and everything, he kind of keeps that going, so they can easily. Uh, propel themselves back into it um they're obviously feeling it because they try to end the song and then they go back into the groove and start playing (laughs) it again and then you get into the 98 thing right so you've got the last like maybe six or seven minutes of it um where you if you're looking for that 98 ambient thing there it is uh in full force yeah definitely a highlight of the show i think just really really awesome um jonathan did you like it like it fine yeah yeah it was cool (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely i did how could i not i mean really like you know i could i could question you know this being the high heights of the pantheon for as a show overall if i wanted to but there's no question this this week groove thing here is uh is pretty great all right, so now is the time where we have to have the conversation is we could groove <laughs> is we could groove ever coming back are we going to get another Wigapog like this ever again? Or is that, does it like fall this? into, fall in the same? They already did it once. Yeah, or recently. Not like this, yeah. but I mean like a smoking Wigapog. Maybe in the, maybe in the Baker's Dozen there was one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I, I feel like they're just working their way through Mike's groove to, um, just to give it a tune up, right? Mike's songs yeah. have gotten a lot more interesting recently. They sort of dropped hydrogen <laughs> for a while, but now that's back. So maybe we're going to see sort of amped up to amp, amp wait, up grooves, hold on. Wait, point to where Mike's songs have gotten more interesting. Um, but no, Mike's <laughs> the, the <laughs> no, the Baker's dozen. There were a couple from this summer too. Yeah, there was a couple this, this year. That were yeah. Nashville. This year. Good Nashville. Yeah. The Mike's Mike's song. I'm talking about Mike's songs. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, Mike's songs. Nashville. Yeah. Oh, no, oh this I is see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying here? Uh, so, that's <laughs> no, but yeah, I think also it can be applied to Mike's song too, though. It hasn't been what it was. The Nashville, Nashville obviously, Nashville. two years ago. Two years ago? Sure. Three years ago. This year was pretty good too. When, yeah, when they had the. Yeah, so. And the Mike song from the Baker's Dozen was one of the longest ever, probably, right? Wasn't it like 24 minutes or something? Yeah, and went into that was, uh, into Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night. Yeah, like that was pretty sweet. But yeah, I, I think I. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I generally, I generally think that we're on the same page, Brad. Except that I disagree with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mostly agree with you, except that I don't. Yeah. So, so guys, so we're we're back. We went through 
all of 112798. What do you guys think now? Like Matt forced us to listen to this show because he listened to it a lot <laughs> when he got into it and we all cried and then we got over it. What what were some of your take any takeaways from going back to this show? Soundcheck. Soundcheck was incredible. Oh, I didn't super long. Yeah. No, I loved it. I, I like I said to start. I I really liked the first set. I thought it was uh, out there. Out there, it had the dog stole things, the vultures stuff we didn't talk about. Um, the other home place, all those things I really loved of the first set, along with eleven minute Yamar. What else do you want? I, I really liked old home place. Um, yeah, a late one for you. <laughs> um, I. I, I would say that uh, honestly, it makes me want to go listen to a uh, a real ninety eight show, like the, a ninety eight <laughs> show that has what I look f- more of what I look for in ninety eight shows. But it's fun; I enjoyed it. Matt, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm let down. I thought that you guys would like this, so I need to, <laughs> I need to try harder. No, I, I, this this is my. I, I love this type of show. Um, I love the playfulness. I love the solid playing throughout. Um, I love the dedication to the the sort of themes that they pick up. Um, and you know, I mean, they're four really really goofy dudes, just like a lot of us. And so, the fact that you know, in front of an arena full of people, they can jokingly go in and out of Wipeout uh, as a running gag, but also make it musically amazing. Amazing. Uh, that's that's a big part of why I fell in love with the band. Also, uh, there is great video of big chunks of this show on YouTube, which you should go check out um, because you can kind of see how the the jovial mood. It's uh, it's a, it's a little bit cl- more clear when you actually get to visually see them. But check out the video of the Weekapog because there's a there's a debate. I think uh, if I'm remembering correctly, like in the YouTube comments, there's a point at which Trey mouths something to somebody in the audience, and there's it's you just have to go watch it and and tell us what you think. Tell us tell us what you think he's saying because it's it's kind of funny and and I don't know where it came from, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, we're well, gonna. There's a mystery hanging. Yeah, around. I know. It's a mystery. What? What the like hell Tom's, is that? This, this is the this, this is like is, Tom Santos episode. This is the interactive part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you if you made it this far on the journey with us, you're, you you should probably go check out that yeah. YouTube video. You should because because it means that you really like us, which we appreciate. Or you, at least you mm. really like this fish concert. Yeah, either or. But they might I not think, like us now after after all the uh, things we've said about the show. <laughs> it's really Except just Matt, us giving Matt also. a hard time. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> I think it was a good. It was. I'm glad that we dug into it a little bit because I think on the surface, looking at the set list and having listened to it a few times, I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't need to go back to it. So thank you, Matt, for allowing us to dive back into it and and listen to it again. And and I, yes. I will say that Matt is right. They are definitely having a lot of fun, and it's always nice to hear them it's a great point. a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. It's, not so, about, it's not about us. It's about them. Speaking of having a lot of fun, Brad, it was really fun to have you here. Yeah, I mean, you can see why I'm a limited participant. My my, <laughs> what I what I uh, contribute is limited. <laughs> That's the secret. That's why we only let you on every every That's fifth right. show. That's awesome. Brad, you just compile the notes for like weeks. <laughs> like I got this one thing. I just I want to say this stuff. one thing. How'd the recount go, Brad? <laughs> in the in Arizona. Blue wave, bro. The, the blue beard wave. party. Yeah. The beard. Oh yeah. yeah. You 
Yeah. <laughs> you you have had some in, just excellent adventures recently, but we're glad right. to have you back. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. And um, even when I'm not on, I'm, I listen. You know that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, guys, we should say that if anyone listening hasn't given us a review on Apple Podcasts or other devices or apps or other things where you listen to things, you should do that. And um, what else do you want to tell people? Anything? They could find us on Twitter um, under HFPod. Yes. Yep. Check out all the Osiris podcasts. They're all wonderful and uh, expertly cultivated. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if you if you sneeze or cough, do it into your elbow. It's cold and flu season, people. <laughs> yeah. And wash been, your damn hands, people. Come on. I've been trying to teach Miles that over and over. It's he's he's almost yeah. got it. Um, it takes him a while, but all right. So <laughs> don't spread your germs. And thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm we'll in DC see. in two weeks. Come yeah. see. Come see us. Actually, the, maybe, it's the the epicenter of the HF Pod. But for me, maybe we can maybe there. we can record something, Brad, while you're here. Yeah. That'd be that'd be, be lovely. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We have a we have some interesting stuff planned for December. I think we've already started talking about it. Um, Jonathan looks. John, <laughs> everyone looks confused, but Have yeah, remember. <laughs> yeah, remember the thing, the the oh, cool thing. Right, of the, course, people are yeah. gonna love that. Yeah, the awesome <laughs> thing. Um, so stay tuned for the awesome thing, and thanks for thanks for your support and for listening. Keep on rocking. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget, and we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.